Hello everyone, welcome back to a podcast of one's own, the podcast made by members of Edinburgh Napier's Feminist Society. Following on from our science-based last episode on climate justice and how it's a feminist issue, we are going to be chatting about women in STEM. But before we jump in, I'm going to introduce the exec mates, that's your new names, uh, who are STEM students. So Aurora, would you like to start us off? Who are you and what do you do? Um, Well, I'm Aurora. I'm the treasurer. I'm a fourth year in psychology with sociology. I'm not sure there's anything else to it. (laughs) Um, Esther, tell us about yourself and what you study. Um, Yeah, so uh, I'm uh, I'm the president of FEMSOC and I am also in fourth year and I'm in animal and conservation biology. I actually started out in biological sciences, but um, I transferred sometime in second year um, to to specialize in, in animal conservation biology. So I'm gonna on sort of the diff the other side of of the STEM fields. You you are both doing your final year projects at the moment. My yeah. on my course we said we called it a dissertation, but you don't call it that. Um, I know it's a bit confusing, but, but it's, it's, it's essentially the same thing. thing. Yeah, it's the big thing at the end of your fourth year that makes you want to rip your hair out. Yeah. So, 100%. <laughs> so, um, Esther, do you want to like quickly talk about your subject? Yeah, so I am actually sort of bridging over across, sort of between both biology and um, social science. So in, I'll, I'll just start by saying STEM fields like science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Uh, originally, or I feel like historically, it's been sort of focused, like the science, the S part of it has been very focused on like life sciences and physics, chemistry, and biology. Um, but for, like, obviously from what we're talking about now with Aurora as well, the social sciences are also sciences. So incorporating that, that, sort of those fields under the STEM umbrella makes it a lot more, like even more sort of diverse than it, than it already is with the four <laughs> STEMs. Um, so I think it's very interesting talking about this field in general because it really is not, they don't have that much in common. <laughs> it, there's a wide variety under the STEM umbrella. Um, but yeah, we can get to that later. My project sort of um, is, I guess, multidisciplinary in the sense that I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at motivations and emotional and rational motivations for choosing, for career choice, for choosing a career in conservation science based on, like I'm looking at it through a gendered perspective. So first of all, what are the motivations? What what are the reasons people have for choosing um, to start a career in conservation? And is there is there any difference between genders in what that underlying motivation is? Um, so it's really marrying um, both my passion for the natural world and science and feminist interests. So this podcast episode is made for you, or you're yeah. made for it. It's um, <laughs> that, that sounds so interesting, and it makes so much sense considering like your last session, which seems like forever ago it was so detailed and like from such a good perspective is because you've been living it for the past like yeah 
fun fears. I really feel like it's like I don't know if that's what I would have thought in first year. Like I, because I've looked forward to doing my honors project since first year, but I never really. I don't think it, I saw it being something like this. I probably thought I would be out like doing field work, but um, now it just makes so much sense. It's kind of culminated my entire uni experience being like very, um, almost equal measures surrounding like FEMSOC and society activities and actual like, um, like curricular activities and, and studies. So they're really like coming together, which I think is pretty awesome considering what we were talking about in the ecofeminism session, I don't think that the two topics of gender equality or like equality in general um, and environmental work can really be separated. So I, for me, it's super, super exciting. Amazing. Yeah, I just finished a, a book today, actually, uh, Climate Justice by Mary Robinson and it was really good it was like a good introduction to the topic but it was like only just scratching the surface of the fact that it's like women and people from like maybe minority ethnic backgrounds or poorer backgrounds are the ones suffering from climate justice so those are the voices that need to be heard and it's like yep I know Esther has told me this uh what can we do next <laughs> um yeah yeah, if you've like never ever read something from that before, I guess that's a good start. But like you say, yeah. sometimes it interweaves again, a lot. Like deeper. yet again, it's so easy to end up like when you surround yourself with people that are passionate about all of these things. Eventually, you're gonna come across um, aspects of social justice that um, that you hadn't heard of before, but then you learn, and then you. But when you're in a, in a sort of a community where you talk about and learn things consistently, you and you you do in a lot of ways end up can and find yourself in a in an echo chamber. So I think it's for me at least, I quite easily forget that many of these connections that I have made or that friends of mine have made and then informed me of that. A lot of people don't because they're not in these circles or because they're not in that field and they don't have the same they, they don't have access to, to that sort of line of thinking or or those experiences that will that will give you that, that understanding so i think it's it's really great to be talking about because there's nothing wrong with not having made those connections yet because it's not really accessible i think that's subtly a plug for everyone to join and continue with FEMSOC because you will learn so much <laughs> and then take it to your science subjects or humanities yeah friends family so yeah Aurora would you like to tell us about your project we already know that you want to rip your hair out so you can skip that fact um what's your yes thing? well <laughs> um well, I'm doing a project on like investigating, I'm going to tell you the title now because it sounds fancy. It's called Investigating Differences in Reaction Time and Working Memory Between Action Video Gamers and Non-Gamers. So that's the funky long title. Um, so basically I'm just like running some, I mean, <laughs> just, <laughs> ah! but anyway, I'm just running some um, working memory and um, reaction time tests. I keep wanting to say retweet because it's RT, but, 
the abbreviation it drives me crazy every time like i'm running some re retweet twist and i'm like no Rora, that's not it <laughs> some reaction time tests um to see if action video gamers react faster and have better working memory uh, than non-gamers basically working memory is just a memory you use it's like very basically um short-term memory but like in the working processes so let me just sum it up that way. Yes, <laughs> I'm struggling with getting my program to run properly or like having to work out the program because of COVID, I'm using a different program that I usually would have used. So um, figuring that out is a little bit hard, but yes, I will get there, we'll get there. <laughs> I believe in you. Uh, is, you. That, <laughs> is that a subject that you like kind of saw yourself going into? at the start of your degree or was it like a sort of last maybe not last minute but like this, this uh, is it, I suppose in the fourth year not really like I started off my bachelor's because I mean for me it was in a way that I started off looking for a bachelor's that would fit a master's I found interesting mm -hmm. um so I found this master's that was going into like psycho psychology and linguistics or like psycholinguistics neurolinguistics I was like okay I, I need to do something that has psychology in it or neuroscience or something like that to get into that master's um and then i started off doing this um bachelor's and then um yeah did i mention what i'm doing i think i did psychology sociology right yes mm -hmm. my working memory is not great <laughs> but yes so um i think i just like maybe mid big somewhere around third year i was like actually i'm more like i'm also interested in like going into like the direction of like computing that kind of stuff mm. um so then I've now applied to a bunch of different kinds of masters, some of them in the computing field. So let's see how that goes. But yeah, so in summer, then I was like, okay, how do I combine? Like, I wanted to do something that would, you know, look good on a, a master's application. <laughs> so I was like, let me combine somehow like technology and psychology and all that. So my first master's choice would be like a human uh, technology interaction master. So I was like, well, let me get something that you know includes technology in a way and then also like the psychology part of it uh, because obviously i'm doing psychology so my honest part is i had to include that to some extent um and yes then i did this which is um, a little bit trickier than expected but we'll get there <laughs> you will no i believe you believe you i believe in you um it's really interesting that you know I guess some people think that maybe sociology and psychology are like just sitting down and talking to people and doing group, I don't know, info sessions or something like that, but it actually drips into other STEM topics quite easily. And um, we'll come back to this later, but the idea that STEM is just like four separate subjects and they don't intertwine isn't actually true. Um, and they're also, very very succinct in terms of like the diversity gap and gender equality so yes what are the little stress being you were the one who presented <laughs> the session uh on women in stem which was really detailed and one thing that stuck out for me i think it was one of the first slides that you spoke about the four primary reasons for the lack of women in stem um and i'm just gonna list them I won't ask you to ring them off off the top of your head <laughs> kind of cruel um so the first one you detailed was the environmental or environment shaping of girls interests and motivations number two is the social bias which affected their progress and career choices 
third one is institutions from young age up till university not making necessary changes for women students and fourth uh, the lack of role models just about everywhere um, and along with this you spoke about just like general gendered stereotypes in the media as well as education and just the whole fact and I think it becomes as no surprise that STEM is like many other places is just so male and white dominated like the culture is just something that is really hard to break no matter how many mentorship schemes or fast track application thingies you put in unless you really change the culture there's not much um, that you can do about it yes before we start you know digging into that I kind of want to ask you to cast your minds back think of little baby Aurora and baby <laughs> and do you remember when you started to really become interested in your subject it could be either maybe science in general or specifically like tech and computers or animals and conservation this is like it's a fun little fact but I had this I can't stand insects personally and I can't stand <laughs> blood and all those kind of medical things but my two favorite books as a child were this one um first aid book that my grandma had to read out to me when I was nervous or something so she'd read this whole first aid how to apply you know this how to do that injections here and I was so interested in it and then the other book was this massive it's it's, it's actually it's a massive book I just all about insect facts and whatever and I just read through all that and I was like wow look at that well, I can't imagine doing that now because I'd be like oh god but anyway like my interest in like all those kind of science things were I think probably always there. Um, like I was a really dinosaur enthusiastic child. I knew all the all oh my facts God, me and too. all that. <laughs> and I was like, I'd rattle them off. And my mom would be like, oh, great. I don't know what you're talking about. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, I did like the German school system. I did like um, bio, kind of like A-levels a little bit, um, like biology focused last few years. So I had like five hours of biology a week, that kind of stuff. So I was always really interested in the biological part of it. Um, mm. So like all those like genetics, evolution, all the, basically mm. everything that's to yeah. do with biology, I was really interested. And it's also my favorite part of psychology. It's all the biological things. Um, so I really enjoyed all the neural connections here and all the brain areas and all that. But yeah, I mean, I think for me, like the interest in science and all that has always been there. And I mean, I remember from when I was small, those little, the computers were obviously those humongous monsters trying to keep up <laughs> um, and all the little discs and everything like that. But I always found them very fascinating. So I always liked all those computer things, but I just never got, probably never got encouraged to go into the computer field to some part because it was so new. Um, mm. But also I think to some part because obviously in technology, et cetera, is always more the male area than for girls I mean that's not necessarily for my parents but just the general school system isn't very encouraging um for and I don't think for anyone but especially for girls to go into science or like those computer um specific sciences did you ever have we called it home economics it was like baking and cooking and so no no, don't. We don't have that in Germany. I think we should to some extent because I know too many people who don't know how to cook pasta. But anyway, <laughs> you know? so I, think, I think those like, I, I mean, that's obviously my personal opinion, but I think those things could be helpful to anyone. Mm -hmm. Just don't don't make them like girl focused, think that oh, girls should know how to cook and all that. But I think anyone should yeah. know how to cook at least the basics. 
um, but they're not really a thing. I mean, in my school, they weren't a thing. I don't know if they're a thing in other schools in Germany, but I haven't really heard of them. I know they do them in we, Finland, but yeah, we had that. Um, mm -hmm. But it really did feel like it was almost like a. <laughs> It was almost like a fake subject. It was like on the side of all the other subjects. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can remember when I think I've always wanted, like I've always been really interested in the natural world. I think honestly, well, obviously I wouldn't necessarily like attribute it to my parents. I think it really has to do with me and like, <laughs> I think you're not only what, you're not only your parents, but um, my my dad has always been very sort of enthusiastic about the natural world. And I remember when we were kids, me and my sister, we would be getting, we we had this like monthly subscription. I think it was some sort of like National Geographic, like wildlife card. So you had like a big binder and every month you'd get like, like kind of like if you had a subscription for a newspaper, but every month you got like one it was like a technical note, like an infographic, like an info card for one species with like all the different facts about it. And then you like got one every month. So you filled up that binder that you had. And I like, I just remember reading about it and feeling like it was so interesting. Um, and also definitely had like a dinosaur period. <laughs> but when I got older and I started thinking like things that I actually want to do I was always really fascinated with um, with astronomy and, and I did always I always really enjoyed maths in school until I got higher up and I think really uh, now when I think back to it um, it is a bit sad because I definitely think that there were some uh, like some conditioning and some limiting beliefs that I had that I had developed over time that made me think that maybe, oh, maybe I'm not good enough at physics and math to pursue this. And then I veered more towards biology and chemistry, which had also been like definitely big, big interests of mine. But it's interesting to just, just like hypothesize, had I not had those limiting beliefs, would I have chosen physics instead? Because what we know is that biology is definitely more it's it's it tends to be less gender biased than the other stem like than engineering for example or or um or sort of the physical sciences um but i definitely yeah always had um a like fascination with science uh, and when i got higher up in, in my education and kind of got to narrow down a little bit more. I think like I did in, um, international baccalaureate, which I guess is kind of like A-levels or like advanced hires. I, d I don't really know what, what, but, um, what level it is, but it's like what I did before university. And then, and there I remember you get to choose topics that are like higher level or standard level. And I chose all the like, the maximum amount of science topics like I, I I did chemistry and biology both higher level and absolutely loved it I remember going to double biology classes like I would go to the same one and then the other session that was like the same lecture that I'd already had I would go to that one as well just to do it again because I loved it so much um real big nerd um, <laughs> but uh yeah I think 
the interest always been there, but I think it's really just just theorize about what where I could have gone if I had it maybe been influenced by what's what what are considered maybe more soft sciences and more hard sciences. Yeah, it can sometimes just be like the, the deciding factor of like if you've come to like a crossroads and people say, oh, maybe, oh, you can't really do this or you shouldn't be doing this, but you're just so, there's like that underlying thing of it's in your brain and you're like, no, this is actually where I'm supposed to be. And there might be no other evidence around you of other people like you doing that or it's just not ex- deemed acceptable or like normal for maybe a girl to study certain things but you just it's almost yeah. like well I don't care I'm gonna do it anyway and then later on you figure out oh that was a big thing what I did and I didn't even know how big it was yeah yeah for sure I think it's interesting with um like Aurora's discipline as well in like social social sciences and behavioral sciences especially sociology and psychology I think is sometimes even skewed towards uh to favor women which is interesting compa- like compared to my field as well which is uh like biology as a whole is quite even um biomedical sciences were very even medicine's very even and then you go to conservation and environmental science and then it's also favoring women but I think for both of these fields, this is at the undergraduate level. So a lot of women, as compared to men, sort of choose these things because they believe that it'll afford them more maybe communal values uh, and they're what's like in the literature, it's known as either like a field is perceived to be things oriented or people's oriented and things oriented would be maybe more technical things like a computer engineering degree or um or like a physics degree where there's like more more people's oriented would be maybe psychology or or medicine or nursing uh and and it's interesting because you can see very clearly the patterns of who chooses to go where in the undergraduate and in both of these fields that me and Aurora are in a lot of women do choose them but then when you go up the, uh, there's what they call, especially in academia, it's what they call the academic pipeline. Uh, it it leaks women. So at the top, there's the skew is reversed. So the higher up you go, the less women are there. And when it comes to sort of associate professors and fellow, um, like research fellows and uh, and so on, like lecturers, um, PhDs as well, it's definitely favoring men in in all uh, in all of the fields. Aurora, for your subject, did you feel like skewed in some sort of way or um like by well by family or schools did they motivate you or demotivate motivate you in a certain way to study where you what you are now? Um well, I do think, like, I dreamed Vester, I didn't even think about it until she mentioned it, but I did have a really big interest in, like, all those, you know, planets and all that kind of stuff. So I think with the right motivation, I don't know, maybe I would have been like, never mind, that's too much for me. But maybe with, like, a different path, I would have gone into, I don't know, you know, astrophysics, that kind of things, because I did yeah. find it really interesting, but my physics teachers were absolutely horrendous. Um, 
but I, I think what's like I mean that's that obviously a little bit overlapping but for me personally it probably was my undiagnosed ADHD that did a lot of things as well because first of all it makes me lose interest really quick but it also makes me like gain interest in things so fast I switch between topics all the time and um, so I'd be like oh yeah you know Alexander the Great did this and this and then people would be like girl we're talking about like bushes and I was like oops <laughs> so like, I think that was for me a big part of it but I also think um that's another thing I don't think the sciences are first of all they're not um accessible to women in a way because like those like a heart like more science like physics and chemistry and all those things um mathematics they're more geared towards men anyway um but I think as well like if you have um a disability but for, for example like my ADHD I I don't I I mean I'm not an expert but I would assume the field probably isn't super accommodating for women in that field anyway um I'm not I'm assuming it already wouldn't be accommodating for men but I'm not quite I can't say anything on that because I haven't looked it up I also can't say anything on the women part but I'm assuming it would be like that um because I find it really interesting. I guess it would be yeah no problem I think it would just be attributed to you know you're a woman you can't do it instead of being like hey my brain's literally blocking me and I can't get wrap my head around this bit um so I think yeah, that's but the main a, but, but it's really interesting that you bring that up because I think there's a gendered element to that as well uh, as we know like um if you women tends to be diagnosed with these types of learning disabilities way later than yes. uh -huh. than men do like boys get these assessments very early on as compared to women like you you got your diagnosis what last year yeah in september and, and, and so it's like, like 20, 22 23 whereas 23, yeah. a lot of people i think many boys will go through that assessment way mm -hmm. earlier when they're maybe 13 or even younger yeah uh, because it's sort of picked up on in a different way because it get, has a different expression in boys mm -hmm. and, and girls it's or it at least tends to be so i think that's also yeah. a way in that that a lot of a lot of factors come together that make it harder mm -hmm. harder to make maybe um like interest based choices and yeah that are not they're not influenced by feelings of sort of inadequacy and, mm -hmm. and uh, lack of, of capability it yeah. was like that um video that you showed in your session um I can't remember which one of you it was. The <laughs> um, and it was a lady talking about maths results in a school or a university. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think that was like, my session. Yeah. yeah, and she was saying, like, well, girls just don't score that highly in maths, and that's why they don't like it, and that's why they're not going further. And it's like, maybe there's a reason why they didn't yes. score <laughs> so highly. Maybe it's because they have something like ADD or dyscalculia or ADHD or whatever. Uh -huh. Um, yeah and and uh sorry i'll just like the no. the literature research also shows that interest is super linked to performance and if people mm -hmm. and if, if girls are not and also like other people's um expectations and uh it's very clear that uh teachers and parents and society in general have very different expectations uh of girls and boys in these subjects so girls would maybe first of all not be expected to do as well uh, which already puts them at a disadvantage because they won't be mm -hmm. getting the same sort of support and they won't be um 
they won't be encouraged. They, they, they will, you know, like all of these things that build up interest and build up self-confidence are not there for yeah, definitely. girls earlier yeah. on. Yeah. There, so even if they, I, I, I definitely believe the results that might be showing that, that um, early on, girls might not be scoring as well but I definitely think that the underlying factors there is that there's not enough support or not enough encouragement sort of building up their confidence and building up their their um, desire to learn and desire yeah. to do well in those in those subjects yeah I think it would be like for example in math class I'm pretty sure like I mean, it's been a while since I had math class, but from my experience, I would say, you know, when, when boys struggled with, not that they really, I mean, not of course, I'm assuming there were boys who struggled with math. It's not like that's, you know, a thing that all boys are naturally born with a talent for math. Um, but it's just assumed they'll figure it out. Whereas for girls, if they have an issue, it's like, well, you know, that's kind of expected. You're a girl, you're going to have issues with math. Try and figure it out yourself or blah, blah. So I don't think there is enough. I think it because math is like taught in such a straightforward like in such a like not straightforward because that's the wrong word because that means it would be clear but it just isn't always yeah but it's in <laughs> but a very it's, like it's such a line how to do it instead of being like hey listen think about it like this or think about it like that so I don't think there is enough accommodations for I mean again I'm not an expert I don't know if girls think differently than boys but I'm assuming it's a personal thing and not like you know a, a girl versus boys thing I assume it's a brain versus brain thing so someone will just think differently um and that is just not going to work for you if the if the school's like no we follow this path so you have to do it the same way if it just doesn't work for you, it's not going to work for you and for boys it's a lot more i think there's a lot more accommodation in sciences to be like think differently do it differently whereas for girls it's like well you're not smart enough to think differently just follow this path which yeah. doesn't always work <laughs> And I think as well, like internalizing it, like if you're not good at it immediately, then you think, oh, yeah, okay, definitely. well, I'll just do like a more, more sort of girly and that doesn't demand this of me. That's something that I'm good at already, something that I'm encouraged to do, like caring, for example. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah, I think there's the, the other side of like the topic is if we're not, there's not enough women in those like, I'm not sure, are they called heart sciences or academic, you know, physics, etc. Um, yeah. Then there's also not enough enough boys or men and you know stuff like psychology um, nursing yeah. all those things there's obviously a different side to it as well which is like that's why I think we should like just aim to make those all topics as you know interesting to everyone as possible just make it accessible to anyone because we're we're missing out on you know like women in STEM offering different perspectives talented people there but at the same time we also miss the nurturing men in the nursing profession because where, which would you know if there's one person there's going to be others who follow but if you don't that's going back to the role model thing if you don't see if you don't see role models in your everyday life pictures de yeah. depicting nurses are generally always women uh, women whereas then mathematicians or it technicians are generally always men so of course you're going to yeah. be like well i'm not going to go into that field because it's not going to be accommodating to me or you're just not going to feel comfortable sometimes i think if you just i mean preaching to choir here but like if you just broke down patriarchy and capitalism then there wouldn't be this constant stress for people to like align themselves in a certain way that like guys wouldn't feel like oh I can't study English because books are for girls or yeah. um, I can't do nursing because that's a girl's profession or whatever yeah. I'm go to war and 
kill myself for my country because that's what men do must exactly. happen men yeah i mean from our point of view uh they're just symptoms of this other issue so in order to actually fix them like yes we can uh, make sure that we sort of uh, um, show role models to kids mm-hmm. so that they can see that it's possible try to um, promote certain degrees uh, in a way that makes them seem desirable to to the, the people that maybe wouldn't have chosen them otherwise or wouldn't have considered it those are all good things and also like implementing support while you're at university so that people don't don't drop out because that's another way in which we're losing people yeah Uh, and that's all good but that's also kind of you know that's treating the symptoms rather than the cause so Mm -hmm. I think what we need what was like what we're arriving at now I feel like is that um it's all of these this uh I mean it historically has served a purpose it doesn't have to anymore we're now uh, at a point where we are still stuck in conditioning that it, that we internalize and that we impose on others and that we perpetuate that keep us in a loop that is ultimately limiting everyone. I think another thing that it literally just like I just thought of is is that like um a lot of these things I only develop an interest in university by you know going to societies by listening to these kind of things all that kind of um you know TED mm-hmm. talks videos fem talk or even just my course itself, like it just didn't cross my mind before that I could go into something that combines psychology and computing. Um, so I think it would be in a school, like, because schools, at least in Germany, they're very much, you need to do these, 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 and these topics, but they don't introduce the whole variety. So yeah. it's not even necessary, obviously they can't cover every single thing that would, <laughs> it would never leave school. But just like, I don't know, maybe some courses from literally just a young age on like, I don't know, once a week, it's not, it would be one hour a week, wouldn't it be that much extra and without any homework or anything. Just, you know, introduce videos, introduce those kind of things so you can develop your interests or like you can have the yeah. idea of, oh, that could be an interest to me beforehand. Or what yeah. I think is, you know, how un- university is very much, you know, you've done your bachelor's and I mean, some people might add another one to it, but it gets trickier as soon as you want to do that um yeah. or you discover it halfway through your fourth year after you want to do that you're not going to stop your bachelor's now you're basically done no, and it's also like some people will have invested else, but... a significant amount of money mm-hmm. and they won't be able to do another bachelor yeah, exactly. like most people so wouldn't like... be able to pay, pay for two bachelors yeah. back to back <laughs> no you definitely know? not yeah yeah so i think we I need to think... make that more accessible as well and just like financial like as you said like you can't just afford to do like two masters or two bachelors yeah. or whatever just like offer easier like options there that would be feasible for yeah, everyone I mean, the, the like, business model of education is mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely it, that's absolutely vile but i i think it's um just to sort of bring in why like the importance of actually like because it can be easy to say oh yeah but if people just actually if we've now ended up with having different interests just let it be that way mm-hmm. but i think it's important to highlight like what what consequences it can have to have a really yeah, and like skewed gender distribution in it yeah yeah i mean there's been for example like i'll take i'll pick an example from my field just because it's what i've been looking at recently yeah is that in in say for example like conservation management um it's the patterns show that different 
like there's a gendered element to what for example um mitigation and like conservation and protection strategies that people favor and uh, like women and men tend to sort of favor uh, prefer different approaches to things mm-hmm. and they'll provide different sort of solutions to things and this is obviously very generalizing but by having a really skewed gender distribution you're actually favoring a very like a set perspective on things which can be limiting us in terms of like all all these different things that we the people actually do value like innovation and and uh, you know healthcare and things like that we can see mm-hmm. it in medicine as well like we talked about in the gender and medicine um session last year when when that field was sort of like modern medicine was growing at a sort of peak rate um it, there were mainly male doctors and still today most like we said like most clinical trials and things are led by male doctors and also sort of undertaken on male subjects so all the findings will be related to sort of the male like cis male body to do and i think that um many many good ideas are being just lost because people are not people are not in the right place mm-hmm. yeah it's so it's okay for maybe like universities to do like a women in stem talk when you're in third year when it's yeah. like too little too late and yeah. you're in the subject you don't know what you're doing or whatever um by that time like I think it's quite common that most people drop out of uni in their first or second year um, yeah. for like financial reasons and whatever else so it's like it's, it's you're not reaching the people that you need to reach at that point I don't think uh-huh. I'm not saying that like you guys don't need as much help or whatever but if you want to actually like nurture the next generation and actually help and mentor them then you have to do it at like such an early age yeah yeah, yeah I think like all, really all those... I think really build confidence and 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 show both young boys and girls um that like actively show them that these beliefs I know that like like oh like I know you have these beliefs don't believe them you know what I mean like really mm-hmm. debunk the myths because yeah because I know like from my own personal experience and from what like research is showing like kids internalize these things so early on and then it's so hard to get them mm-hmm. like neutralize it yes i also think to some extent those you know women in stem events whatever um i i can't say i've attended a lot of them to be like yeah that's definitely what it is but i think they they are meant to be you know encouraging i think but i think they can in the end make you feel like you're not actually part of it you know what i mean because there is a specific event just for women in stem why not yeah. you know just a general event for people in this field as people in that you know those kind of things like like at least for me like i think when i see like women in stem events and things go up i'm like i really feel like oh yay yes but then there's definitely that like because seeing representation and role models is great and important yes but i definitely see what you mean it's kind of like the same thing as when with like international women's day like oh yeah i definitely want to celebrate it but also like i really wish we didn't need it i mean that goes for like most sort of like most activism yeah most oh, act- yeah, absolutely <laughs> it's, it's so performative and maybe that's like i don't know maybe just the circles that 
we're in that we see it where it's like every opportunity for someone to do that it's done and yeah. you just roll your eyes and you're like of course that's gonna happen mm-hmm. but on yeah. like bigger like and in, in like the bigger picture and bigger sense of stuff kind of just like bring it back to where we are now and gonna leave it yes. um, <laughs> for instance like you're graduating and you look at like you go to a career fair or whatever and there's big posters on the wall and it's maybe like a black woman um with a hard hat in a construction site and it's like look we're not racist or sexist we? yeah, and then you go and then you get like go to whatever conference that is actually promoting and there's just a bunch of white dudes yeah <laughs> and it's like yes we have this thing where we tick these boxes and there's no discrimination blah 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 but you just know as soon as if you're a, like come from a minority group and you step foot on those construction sites or in those labs or yeah. whatever else it's like there's going to be less women's toilets there's going to be like no mm-hmm. toilet yeah it's going to be like jokes maybe about the color of your skin or your accent um yeah until you it's like, also rip it apart it's not going to fix it's uh-huh. like posters i'm very conscious that we are coming up to time that's my therapist yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very it's conscious. been a good episode very good yeah i really enjoyed it i think we could go on forever and it's Probably. oh yeah i mean usually we finish off like oh what could we do to solve all these problems or what can we see in the future if we were to say one thing to help this like in the long run i would just say challenge gender norms yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like challenge, yes. you know, norms in general, but like. And then, and not just from like an individual would... perspective, from but from an institutional perspective as well. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever get a lecture yes. saying some stupid little sexist quip, I was gonna say block him, but that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> block him. Cancel him. Cancel block him on LinkedIn. <laughs> Send an email saying blocked. <laughs> <laughs> just mute him on zoom somehow so <laughs> <that's> <laughs> your email. Yeah. Um, yeah and the kids to the younger generation tell them they yeah. can do anything yeah shape mm-hmm. it better because the world is a better place let's leave it a better place even than the dumpster fire that we're in now <laughs> <laughs> okay amazing i think we'll finish up but yeah yes first thank you kaylee thank oh, you okay i was gonna thank you first but <laughs> Um, thank you both and good luck in your final projects because you're going to be oh, thank you. <laughs> going to be great and these are going to be stars whatever you end up um, Aww. Aww, I thank I could, you if I could be bothered I edit in like a twinkly sound there but I can't so <laughs> <laughs> imagine the twinkles imagine twinkle in fact twinkle here <laughs> uh, next what's our next session our next session will probably be around the uh, um, our LGBT q plus um history in the law which callum and i will be doing along with edinburgh's edinburgh napier law and mooting societies mm-hmm. um presentation which we're super excited about um by the time you listen to this it will be next week so that's fine <laughs> um, if you want more information on that or you want to follow us or do anything else uh you can find us at femsock napier on facebook instagram and twitter uh, if you have any questions about joining or doing anything like that, please DM me. I'm <laughs> that sounds <laughs> are open. I am the DM <laughs> opener. Um, but yes, thank you all for listening, tuning in. I like a, like a radio presenter, and we'll <laughs> see you in the next one. Bye. <laughs>